Greetings. I hope your day is going well. This is Perry Green with God in America. I appreciate always you listening in to our podcasts, especially these daily ones. Today's topic is what God can do with fear. There are certain themes that I have been catching myself repeating in these podcasts. Fear is one of those. I think it's important to talk about it because God does so often in Scripture. Someone has counted 366 passages dealing with it in the Bible, one for every day of the year. And it is so prevalent today. In Joshua 2, verses 8 through 11, we read this. Before the men lay down, she came up to them on the roof and said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted And there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. This passage involves the conversation between Rahab and the two Hebrew scouts that Joshua sent to spy out Jericho and the entrance into the land. I find it interesting that this ragtag bunch was causing fear in the kingdom of Jericho. This group really wasn't much of an army. They were the descendants of the generation that died in the wilderness because of their fear and unbelief. They had failed to enter Canaan, let alone conquer it. So God led them in circles in the wilderness for 40 years. But fear was at the root of their failure. Do you remember the report of the ten spies in Numbers chapter 13? Starting at verse 31, that the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. The result was the fear and despondency of the people. They became so despondent, they wanted to return to Egypt, according to Numbers chapter 14. Forty years later, as the Hebrews approached Jericho, the people of the land feared them. They had heard the stories of the Exodus. They heard about the Red Sea. They heard of the Hebrews' victories in the wilderness. As a result, they were afraid of them and their God. As outsiders looking in, the Canaanites saw what God was able to do and believed that he was able to conquer them as well. So the people of Canaan were overcome with fear as the Hebrews stood on the threshold of the Promised Land. I think there are modern applications for us, and I want to mention three. First, this generation learned to trust God in the wilderness. The previous generation had been trusting in themselves and their own abilities. They were right that they could not defeat the inhabitants of Canaan on their own, but forgot God was with them. Second, when the spies spoke with Rahab, they learned that the occupants of Canaan feared them because of what the Lord was doing through them. Were they surprised? Well, very possibly. But that brings me to modern followers of God. What groups would you say fear Christians and their God today? Not many. I hear a lot of fear from Christians today. Some will say, I'm afraid of blank, and you fill in the blank. A common one is, I'm afraid I'm going to die because of the virus. Don't forget, you're going to die of something. Stop fearing and start living again with trust in God. 
When the fear of things in this world paralyzes us, why should we think people of the world will look to the God that we don't trust? I believe that when we let the spirit of fear from the evil one control us, God is unable to work through us. When the disciples were unable to cast out a demon, they went to Jesus in Matthew 17, verses 19 to 21, and they asked him this, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. It seems that when we act in faith over fear, even a little faith, God will work through us. The world will take note. The world will be impressed with God, not us. But when we fall to fear, we don't glorify God. We hinder Him, and no one cares who our God is. Third, the spirit of fear in Jericho was an indicator of the coming conquest. Look again at Joshua 2 verse 9. Rahab said, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the fear of you has fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land melt away before you. Fear conquered the Hebrews until a generation learned to trust God. Fear would conquer the people of Jericho in the presence of God and God's army. Rahab believed the spy. She placed a cord in her window. When the Hebrews came into Jericho by the power of God, she and all in her house were saved, much like the way the Hebrews were saved at Passover in Egypt and Noah's family on the ark. Too many churches are operating out of fear. There's fear of CRT and BLM, of the radical gay agenda, of being political, of a virus. So if fear prevails over faith, what is the outcome? It is our conquest. Fearful churches and Christians will be conquered and fall. Faith-filled churches and Christians will advance God's kingdom and bring glory to Him. So as we close today, I want to encourage you to keep the light of conquest burning.